All right, guys, welcome in to today's episode of the Southeast Tooth Podcast. It is Wednesday, April 17th, 2019. On today's episode of the podcast, a special mailbag edition. We tried to do a Periscope on Monday night, uh, but there were some technical issues, either from my phone or from Periscope's side. Uh, some of you just simply couldn't access it. So we decided to throw some of those questions here into uh, a mailbag episode and take some additional questions on Twitter. And as always, you guys sent in some great stuff. Uh, so let's go ahead and jump into it. I know in the Periscope uh, there were questions about uh, Alabama landing uh, Beetle Bolden from West Virginia, a transfer that is going to come in and, and really should be able to, to help them right away. Um, he adds sort of that experience in the backcourt that you always want, um, someone that, that had success with the Mountaineers and now – uh, getting an opportunity to join, you know, Kyra Lewis in the backcourt, as we know, someone uh, that is probably going to be playing at the next level here very soon. Um, you look at John Petty, who's back. You see kind of what Alabama has coming in in this recruiting class. Uh, I think it really is kind of a big boost for them because you do need that experience, and you need someone that's going to be able to help on both sides of the court, and I think Beetle Bolden can do that uh, when you look at what he did at West Virginia, where he averaged 12.2 points, uh, a good assist guy, can handle the ball really well. Um, you know, only played 18 games this past season due to injuries and such. But I think he's still, you know, someone that, that Nate Oates is going to really love adding to the, the style that they want to play. I mean, he's he's quick. He can get up and down the court. Um, he had a really good game uh, against Buffalo uh, when those two teams played last season, had 21 points in 23 minutes. Um, so, so he gives them, like we said, just sort of a, another option there that can handle the ball. Uh, and I think adding him to go alongside Kyra Lewis is going to give Alabama uh, a really dynamic sort of punch there in the backcourt. So, so he's definitely someone uh, that will come in and be expected to contribute right, right away and sort of help them uh, kind of manage things there uh, on that front. But uh, another question, let's uh, head to Twitter to take some of these others. Sort of a couple people had the same question in terms of Auburn looking ahead to, to next season in terms of their backcourt, and they're kind of worded a little bit differently, but they're basically the same in that how is Auburn going to sort of replace the production of guys like Jared Harper and Bryce Brown? And that's certainly a, a, a very intriguing question when you consider that, you know, Javon McCormick will be back, Samir Dowdy's going to be back. Um, they both played a key role, as we know, in, in during that, that run to the Final Four. Um, but, but that depth has been something that Bruce Pearl's been able to lean on, where you've been able to go too deep at each guard position. Um, and that's what they want to continue to do because with the way they play, when the style – uh, where you're pushing the tempo and how you know aggressively they play on defense, you need to be able uh, to bring guys in and out and have different options uh, for different situations. And that's where you look at Auburn uh, going into next season where you're going to hopefully have some guys that, that are coming in that are going to be able to, to add to that depth. Um, you look at someone like, like Tyrell Jones, Turbo Jones, as most people know him, um, a, a really good skilled guard, freshman coming in. Uh, he will probably be able to help right away, you feel like. Uh, he should fit that style perfectly. Then 
Uh, other people have asked this question too uh, in the mailbag, and we'll go ahead and just kind of jump into that now. But there's also a guy like uh, Rajon Tucker, who is a Little Rock transfer. Uh, he is easily, to me, you know, for me at least, he's easily the best um, grad transfer on the market right now when you look at his production. Averaged 20 points a game last year for Little Rock. Um, he's scheduled for an Auburn visit this weekend, actually, also visiting Memphis. I think he went to West Virginia uh, last weekend. Has some other options on the table, too, uh, it sounds like, uh, with uh, maybe even Arkansas and South Carolina, I think was reportedly still among the mix for him. So if you can get him, I mean, he's a, a 6'5", very skilled guard. His athleticism is simply through the roof. Um, he would be a perfect fit in terms of how – Bruce Pearl wants his teams to play. And so you talk about replacing Harper and Brown. You're not just going to uh, you know, walk one person into the gym and have them replace what those two guys did, not just from a, a statistical standpoint, from, but from the intangibles that they brought, just their experience. Uh, but adding someone like Tucker would be absolutely huge. Uh, also averaged nearly seven rebounds per game. He's just He's got sort of that it factor, like we said, that athleticism, um, it is pretty pretty incredible. And so if, if Auburn were to be able to land him, uh, when you combine that with what you have coming in in the, the freshman class with someone like Jones, you've got to feel pretty good probably with where you stand heading into next season. And, you know, it's also probably, I know this has been asked too, um, pe- people wonder this when you see guys declare, and Jared Harper's been one that, that people have asked about ever since he declared, Uh, for the draft yes the rules have changed this year where players can declare for the draft sign with an agent still come back to school if they don't get drafted Um, we will certainly know what people are going to do by may 29th but theoretically yes jared harper could still come back to auburn if he wanted to if he changes his mind that's where you look at this whole process the the luxury of it now is that you're able to change your mind. You you may kind of have one intention to be all about going pro, whether it's getting drafted in the NBA, whether it's going, uh, you know, to the G League, whether it's it's doing all sorts of stuff. Uh, but you can still change your mind, and that kind of is a good thing from a player standpoint. From a coach's standpoint, it can be a little frustrating because you're trying to piece together your roster, and like we said, you're really not going to know. Um, who's going to be on your roster officially probably until late May. So um, it does give players more options. Some of you ask, well, is Harper going to come back? You know, all that. I have no idea. I don't think anyone, you know, it seems like when you look at how they post these things, you can sort of read into it. Uh, he seems like one who is fully intent on going the NBA route, feels like he's going to get drafted. So you just kind of see how things unfold there, and then you, you kind of see whether or not the, if they don't get drafted, if they come back. They now have the opportunity to change their mind, and that's why it makes so many unknowns, not only for coaches, but for fans as well. You just don't really know how the roster is going to look. So if you look ahead to Auburn next season, we mentioned uh, McCormick, Dowdy, these guys that could be coming in. You have Turbo Jones coming in from a freshman standpoint. Um, there, there are options, and uh, it's something where you still kind of piece together things, see how everything's going to look. Uh, really good class coming in from a freshman standpoint, uh, so we'll see how everything else unfolds there for the Tigers. Um, some other questions. Let's get to, uh, let's see, from Ben uh, Bornstein, who does some great work. 
over at uh, cbbtoday.com, which I also do a little writing for, for anyone who wants to head over there, uh, do some featured stuff over there every now and then. Uh, he asks, what is a realistic expectation for the Florida Gators uh, next season with the roster turnover and the incoming freshmen? I said probably when well, we had Neil Blackman on to talk about the Gators last week here on the podcast, I think Florida, to me, is probably a preseason top 25 type of team right now. And again, we're having this conversation in mid-April. Uh, when you consider that freshman class that's now going to be sophomores, when you consider the freshman class that's coming in, if, if Florida's able to land, and we mentioned this too with the front court, if they're able to land a transfer, somebody with experience that can help them uh, in the front court next season, that's going to be key for their success, and that's what's going to depend whether we're looking at Florida at a legitimate, as a legitimate SEC title contender or if we're looking at Florida as sort of that top five SEC team, maybe as a six, seven seed, something like that in the tournament. I feel like, though, they have a really good opportunity to be an SEC title contender uh, just with that nucleus that they're going to have, you know, with Nimhard, with Locke, uh, with Johnson. Those guys going to be a year older. Uh, you have Scotty Lewis coming in. You have Trey Mann coming in on down the line. You've got such a, a solid, you know, elite type of freshman class with guys who are going to be playing at the next level sooner rather than later. Uh, the Gators should be able to put it all together and be a team that, that's right there near the top of the SEC next year. And and that's where, I, you know, if you're a Florida fan, that's what you want. That's still the expectation, and we, we, we mentioned that a lot on the podcast with Neil the expectation is still to be an SEC title contender year in and year out. I know this past season there were lots of frustrations in terms of kind of the, their up and down, inconsistent nature. But next season you're going to be young, and that's something to keep in mind. There can, when you have young teams, ask Mississippi State. Uh, it took Mississippi State a little bit of time uh, to where they they had those seasons that were, were pretty frustrating, but they were able to kind of turn a corner last year. Uh, Florida's going to be young, but, man, they're going to be talented. And to me, it feels like the Gators should realistically, knowing what we know now and not knowing exactly how they're going to address maybe some situations with the front court, but knowing what we know now, I think Florida should be a team that's probably right there near the top of the SEC uh, next season. Uh, Ben also asks, uh, of the new coaches in the SEC, who do you think will have the most success in their first year? I think Nate Oates at Alabama has got a really good shot to to win some games. And I've seen the preseason polls. You know, some people have Alabama near the top 25. Uh, There was another poll I think had them in the top 15 or something like that. I'm not prepared to to go that route just yet because it's so hard for me to put together these these top 25 polls this early um, and kind of really know exactly what to expect because of all the roster movement and all that. But – if you look at what they bring back, getting Kyra Lewis, getting John Petty back into the fold was big, and people are looking around saying, well, this is the same team that you know struggled this past season, basically. They lost to Norfolk State in the NIT, and this and this and this. I think you have to remember, it's a different coaching staff. It's a completely different playing style, and that's where the most intrigue is at for me. Kyra Lewis, John Petty feel like two guys that can completely – fit in to the way that Nate Oates wants to play with the way they're going to push the tempo. Um, they feel like guys that are going to be able uh, to to fit in exactly the way that Nate Oates wants them to fit in uh, to, to how they want to play. 
Now you look at the rest of the roster. There are question marks and there are areas you have to address. But when you bring in a really good recruiting class, we don't know who they're going to get from a transfer standpoint, like we said. Alabama has a pretty good nucleus they can lean on going into next season. Uh, whereas you look at Vanderbilt, you feel like there's going to be some rebuilding work there for Jerry Stackhouse. Uh, Eric Musselman, with the way he he recruits and the way he's, he could bring in transfers as well, um, like we mentioned, I think the reports did say that, that Arkansas was among the mix still for, for someone like Tucker. You don't want to put anything past him because I think he does a really good job on the transfers, as we know, and that's one of the big things that's been talked about. So he could land a couple of transfers, and Arkansas could be right there, you know, ready to get back in the tournament next year. Um, so you don't really know. Texas A&M, Buzz Williams done a really good job. Uh, he landed, I think it was four 2019 recruits uh, last weekend. He's going to continue doing a good job there. How quickly are they able to move into that upper tier in the SEC? It may not be next season. Uh, so if we just look at the way things are set up now, it does feel like Alabama maybe has the, the best sort of nucleus in place in, in terms of trying to move forward uh, and making the most progress. Uh, so perhaps uh, Nate Oates is the one uh, that could have his team moving forward here pretty quickly and has a chance to win uh, right away there in year one. So Another question um, from our friend Jay Phillips on Twitter, who is doing some great work on the site right now. Uh, Auburn recruiting stuff. If you're an Auburn fan, go check that out. He's put together some great pieces on the 2019 class, the 2020 targets. Uh, He's got a 2021 targets coming up uh, here pretty soon. Just lots of great stuff. Uh, He asks uh, how much improvement Vanderbilt could make next year. I do think Vanderbilt... Uh, is making a big hire. It hasn't been officially announced yet, but getting someone like David Grace, who's an experienced uh, recruiter, someone who was at UCLA, he was at Cal last season, a lot of experience there on the West Coast. He's, he's widely considered uh, one of the better recruiters in the entire country. I think getting him is huge because that at least helps you start to build that foundation depending on who they're going to add to their class um, you know, they've got two guys in their 2019 class right now. You bring back Saban Lee, you bring back Aaron Neesmith. Uh, Simi Shutu has declared for the draft. Like we said, there's still unknowns there. These guys could change their mind. We have no idea. But it seems like he's fully intent on going the pro route. Um, so you, you bring back Saban Lee, you bring back Aaron Neesmith, two guys that uh, you can sort of lean on, uh, I think, kind of looking at – Next year's roster, those are the two guys that are going to stand out most. Um, and then just kind of seeing how the rest of the roster sort of unfolds around them. I, I Obviously, I don't expect Vanderbilt to go winless in the SEC next year. Um, but how much improvement are they going to make in year one? It's going to be hard to make a significant jump probably uh, just because there there's lots of retooling. that They've got to build their own foundation there. And so next year, probably not going to be one uh, where we're looking up and seeing Vanderbilt in the NCAA tournament, but you just want to see that progress made from a development standpoint. If that happens, you're probably going to feel good about your trajectory here in two or three years uh, for the Commodores. I know Vanderbilt fans don't want to hear that, but it's just when you're having to go through a rebuild in this conference, it's not easy to do uh, considering how competitive things are now. Uh, but if they can get that talent in there w- with adding, you know, David Grace on the staff, if they're able to get these these top-tier recruits pretty quickly, if they can develop them, uh, kind of put that cohesive unit together, the Commodores can, can get back on track here uh, pretty soon. Next year, probably going to be one of those years we look at and feel like it's kind of laying the foundation 
and then you kind of see uh, what they're able to do maybe in year two going into year three. Uh, that's when we sort of see things maybe turn a little bit in terms of, uh, okay, are they at least making the progress they need to make to get back up into that, that top tier? Uh, so we'll see what happens there with the Commodores. And let's wrap up this edition of the Mailbag with uh, one of the questions from our friend uh, Chip Carey on Twitter. He always asks the most uh, unique questions, the most thoughtful questions. He's got five of them here, uh, but I'm going to take one of them. We'll we'll jump into some of the others uh, in future Mailbag episodes. So we'll go with the first one, which is um, you are unanimously voted into the Hall of Fame of Beards which SEC basketball coach do you give to give your do you pick to give your intro speech and why? Well, Chip, I appreciate uh, the nomination into the the Hall of Fame of Beards. I feel like to pick one here, you have to go with someone that has a beard. If we're at the Hall of Fame of Beards, you feel like everyone there is going to uh, have that one thing in common. And when you go down the list in the SEC of, of head coaches, you don't really have a long list of guys who are growing out the beard. Like, you may see a little stubble here. You may have some guys growing it out during the winter, maybe during the off season, But you don't really have that long list. So I'm going to go with the guy that I feel like maybe has proven that, that he can grow the, the best beard. And even if he doesn't have it all the time, necessarily, um, he can pick and choose. But I think the one that's kind of proven to, to be the dean of SEC coaches in terms of the beard game has got to be Conzo Martin. I mean, he's the only one you really look around and feel like he implements it uh, enough to where I think he can kind of give you that uh, that speech that you want. He understands the importance of the beard. Um, so I think you got to go with Conzo Martin there. I feel like that's probably the choice. Uh, a really tough one as always, Chimp, and I appreciate your questions, and we'll get into some of your other ones uh, here in future mailbag episodes because some of them, uh, are very good, and uh, they are always uh, entertaining, as we know. So, uh, all right, guys, that'll wrap up uh, this edition of the Mailbag. Uh, thanks, as always, for listening. Be sure to continue to send your questions in. Uh, we've got some more great guests lined up. If you haven't uh, gone back and listened to the the episodes we did last week, which we had a pretty almost full week last week, we had four uh, episodes, four different interviews, uh, be sure you subscribe to Southeast Hoops Podcast. Go over to any podcast app you use. Just search for Southeast Hoops. That way you can get all these episodes delivered to you when they go up. And like I mentioned, be sure to go back through, listen to the interviews we had last week, several great ones um, on lots of different topics. So uh, going to continue to have more of those. Like we said, things will kind of things will kind of continue to be a little sporadic on the podcast. We're gonna I'm going to do as many of these as I can. Um, during the week and there will be some weeks that, that have more than others uh, but it's a fun way to keep the conversation flowing during the off season when it comes to SEC basketball and southeasthoops.com I've got all sorts of stuff going up over there lots of new stuff right now uh, on recruiting on transfers we'll have more featured stuff coming uh, here as we go throughout the summer as well uh, so be sure you head over and check that out follow me on twitter at the blake level lots more great stuff on the way in uh, SEC basketball so be sure you subscribe Uh, so you don't miss any of the great stuff we have coming up. Thanks, as always, for listening, and I will talk to you guys next time.